Shalom, gracious, those here and those online. You know, when you see me dressed like this, it's either Jesus is coming soon or something is brewing in the air. So I, I want to think both are happening. So you see, I'm, I'm dressed, ready to move. So we, we're on this, this uh, sermon series called Disciple Making, and today is the second sermon, and, and it's called The Great Omission 2. Right, we're running out of titles. Uh. <laughs> we're just numbering them now. So as I start, I just want to ask this question. Has any of you uh, ever experienced that you, you've been using something, right? Or doing something, and you've been doing it for so long, you're using this thing for so long, and then one day you discovered you've been using it and you've been doing it wrong. Anyone like that? Huh? Um, well, I, I've been sleeping on a memory foam pillow for some time now. And I've yet to improve on my, on my memory. <laughs> Actually, I was hoping that this, this memory foam pillow right, can help me back up my dreams, you know, track my dreams. But no, dream on. <laughs> so then I was so unhappy with it, seeing no results. I went back to look at the product specs, you know, and intention. What was it made for? Then I realized that the memory foam is to help the pillow and not the one sleeping on it. Right? So, you ask me, Pastor, because you're so dissatisfied with it, are you going to change it? So, uh, let me sleep on it. <laughs> now, things that, uh, that we've been doing for a while, we think we, we kind of know, or we've been uh, hearing for a while, we think we know pretty much, right? So, for example, the Great Commission. If you've been to countless missions conferences, you would have heard the Great Commission, about the Great Commission, right? You, you, you think you, are, you know that already. Maybe you're familiar, maybe even over familiar with it. But Pastor Wilson shared with us last week in his previous sermon, he said our understanding of the Great Commission may be incomplete and even may be even faulty. Hence, it is vital for us to again unpack what Jesus really intended for us to obey in the Great Commission. The Great Commission will be our great omission if we fail to fulfill it or if we only partially fulfill it. Isn't the Great Commission about evangelism? Yes. Isn't the Great Commission about missions? Yes. But the Great Commission is more about disciple-making. So Jesus' command is for each of us, say each of us, to be disciple-makers. So this is not something new. This is inherent in our uh, vision motto. It's, what, it's more people, more like Jesus. See, the goal of discipleship is to help us to become more like Jesus, to be nurtured as disciples, but ultimately to raise disciples so that they will also continue to make other disciples, which is the part, more people. So more people, more like Jesus, encapsulate the disciple and the disciple-making part because faithful disciples must also be fruitful. Mature believers must image the missional God in making disciples. So that's why we are rolling out uh, the DMT or the disciple-maker track. We realize that the Great Commission is only fulfilled when you and I become disciple-makers. And so the big idea for today's sermon is God desires us to take the next step in disciple-making. God desires all of us to take the next step. Say, next step. Next the next step in disciple-making. Actually, I believe all of us want to take the next step. For many of us, the problem is what? That we have a big butt. 
I, I want to move, but, the big but. I want to move, but how? So don't worry. That's why we, we created this campaign, Move, a Disciple-Making Pathway, so that you can get on the DMT, the Disciple-Maker track. So let's re-examine again that passage in Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. It will be on the screen, so I encourage you to read with me. So let's start with verse 16. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so in this passage, we find three moves. And the first move that we need to move to help us fulfill the Great Commission to be a disciple maker is, number one, move closer. Say closer. closer. Move closer. Now Matthew 28 verse 19a says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now, this was Jesus' last instructions to his disciples, his commission to his disciples before his ascension to the Father. This mandate was to populate the kingdom of God with disciples from all ethnicities, Jews and Gentiles alike. Now, contrary to what is commonly understood about this commission, go is not a command. He said, go and make, right? Go, therefore. Go is not the command. The central, central command in this commission is make disciples. It's like, as you go, make disciples. Off you go to make disciples. Go on, make disciples. So the 11 disciples went everywhere, not because they needed to go everywhere, but they made disciples everywhere they went. You see, if the 11 disciples were told just to go, right? What would we have today? We have loads and loads of reviews from them on tripadvisor.com. <laughs> but instead, what, what do we have? Instead, this, from these 11 disciples, right, who listened to Jesus, from, from them, today, there are 2.5 billion people who call themselves Christians. So did they just, did they just go or did they make disciples? 2.5 billion. Were they successful? I believe so. You know. So now it's, it's, it's our turn to take the baton. So if our first step in becoming disciple makers is to move closer, what are we moving closer to? Not what, but who. We are to move closer to Christ because the disciple is one who is growing in Christ-likeness. He or she is constantly what? Imaging, imitating Christ as his and her example. In the mind, is always thinking, what would Jesus have done? Who would he have uh, prayed for? Uh, in this case, what would Jesus say? You know? So they're always thinking. This is the process and aspect of transformation. We want to be more and more like Jesus. But the disciple is also a person who is submitted, submitting his life more and more to the Lordship of Christ. And this is the aspect of obedience. So a disciple then is one who declares Jesus is Lord, but is also continually uh, being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Now, the sad fact is, what often happens over time is we stop moving closer to Christ. We stop becoming 
Christ-like. We stop allowing Him to be our Lord. And we stay as what? As mere consumers of God's blessing. We only look to Him for our needs to be met. It becomes all about us, how to satisfy us, how to bless us, how to help us flourish, how to provide a way for us to attain our ambition. And there is little pursuit of Christ, His heart, His character, His purpose, His mission. And so, both transformation and obedience grind to a halt. So the Disciple Maker track, the DMT, is here to address this stagnation. This stagnation in our spiritual growth. And this track is, is designed based on this book called Move. Research found in this book by Greg Hawkins and Kelly Parkinson. And in this book, in the research, it reveals a four-stage spiritual growth continuum, which you will see in the next slide. Exploring Christ, growing in Christ, close to Christ, and Christ-centered. So disciples move along this spiritual continuum. All right? So who are those in exploring Christ? Moving from, from the left, those exploring Christ are honest seekers. They want to know more about God. They want to know the answers to life. They are curious about the Christian faith. What do they need? They need to hear the gospel. They need to see the evidence of authentic Christ followers. Now, this could be people beyond the walls, but they could very well be people who are attending the church with you week in, week out. Maybe your, your sibling, maybe your child, maybe uh, your spouse, maybe your parent. But they have not made the decision for Jesus to follow Jesus as their Savior and Lord. That's where they are. They're exploring Christ. Those in the second segment, those growing in Christ, have made a decision now to be a disciple of Christ. What they need is to be nurtured and to be followed up. They will be putting on Christ in more and more areas of their life and they're putting off their old way of living, thinking, and behaving. So instilling spiritual habits, practices such as prayer, Bible reading, cultivating the Spirit, filled life, and walking in obedience to God's Word, these things are foundational for them. The third segment, close to Christ. Those close to Christ have already integrated their faith into their lives in a holistic and powerful way. They're able now to be more independent, and they can self-feed, and they are personally responsible for their own spiritual growth. They have turned from being self-directed, self-satisfying, self centered to become other-centered. And they are giving their gifts, contributing their gifts and ministry to the body of Christ. Now those rightmost, those who are Christ-centered. Those who are Christ-centered are constantly and continually yielding their lives to in submission to the Lordship of Christ. So with their deep love for Christ and for others, they are fully committed to actively represent Christ wherever they are. These are Christ's workforce, willing to sacrifice, ready to be challenged to further God's kingdom. They are clear about God's calling and are very clearly committed to doing it. So when you see this, right, this four segments, this four stage movement, you can tell that spiritual growth takes time. That's why we refer to this as a journey. It's not going to be a one stop, it's going to be a journey. Because without intentionality and without a clear direction, it can be a journey of what? Of wandering in the wilderness. Sometimes going two steps forward and then three steps back. Right? Now every church has a fair share of wandering Christians who are wondering what's the next step. 
So we are here to tell you, wonder no more and wonder no more. No more. Because the DMT, the Disciple Maker Track, will help you chart your next steps in the spiritual continuum. Right? It ensures that no one regresses, but that all will move closer to Christ by taking the next step from wherever they now are in their journey. Amen? You see, no matter how old or how long one has been a believer, no one can say that he or she is too old to move. Right? We don't grow old. Ralph Waldo Emerson tells us, it is when we cease to grow that we become old. So tell the neighbour, I'm not too old to grow. I'm not too old. I can grow. Well, at the same time, no one should stay stagnant in one segment. Whether you're exploring Christ, whether you're growing in Christ, close to Christ or Christ centered, you should not be stagnant. Because growth is normal and is expected of every living being. If a two-year-old baby cries for food, that is normal. If a a two-month or two-year-old child uh, waits for food, it's acceptable. But when a 20-year-old is still screaming to be fed, something is drastically wrong. Right? We expect a 20-year-old to be what? To be an adult able to fend for himself and able when he becomes a parent himself to feed others. Because no parent, no parent what? No parent raise children. They always raise adults. Right? How many of you want to raise a 20-year-old child? No, because our vision is for them to grow up. Not to be a disciple, but to be a disciple maker. So the goal of the DMT is that we all move closer towards Christ-likeness until disciples become disciples make. The disciple makers. Tell the one next to you, to you on your left, tell them, let's move closer. Let's move closer. You're quite close already. Okay. Next thing, when you move closer, we don't want anyone to be doing this journey alone. And that's why we have number two, move together. Say, move together. And so Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And here's the verse, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So in calling His 11 disciples to further make disciples, Jesus instructed them that these new disciples to be baptized what, as a sign of their believing loyalty and submission to God. Because in Jesus' day, this phrase, in the name of, was used legally and commercially to signify that those who came under this name belonged and become the possession of the name which they bear. Alright? So, they become the possession. So, that means all who are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we come under God's rulership, ownership and possession. So, we belong to Him. So, those of us who belong to God as His disciples together now constitute the body of Christ where everyone is a participating member. So we are in the body of Christ. So as the body of Christ, we move together under His headship, Christ, to become disciple-makers. Because disciple-making is a team event. It's not a solo event. Disciple must have disciples. You cannot have only one side. You must have two sides, right? So it's a team event. And so with this in mind, God has designed the body of Christ, the church, to be filled with what? All who are spiritually gifted so as to equip her for disciple making. Pastor Wilson will talk more about this uh, next week, about the fivefold primary equippers, the apostle, the prophet, 
the evangelist, the pastor and teacher. But on top of the five-fold ministries, the Lord has, through the Spirit, has also distributed gifts among us, whether spiritual or natural. Why all these gifts are for us to encourage and to bring edification to the whole body in that mission to become disciple makers. And so the strong will help the weak. The young will strengthen uh, the old. The Pauls will help the Timothys. The wise and the more experienced among us will be guiding the new believers. So they're all working together in a complementary fashion. This will ensure a balanced, healthy, safe, and steady growth for all of us towards Christ-likeness and towards becoming disciple-makers. You see, disciple-making does not happen primarily and effectively in a classroom or in, even in a service where there's one to many. It best happens in the context of close, intentional relationship in your small groups, and even in smaller groups, one to five or even less, you know, who have committed to do, a, to do life together. We term this as a life-on-life disciple-making journey. I don't know if you, uh, if you know this, I used to teach guitar. I used to teach guitar, and I discovered that everyone benefited from individual attention. Because the difficulties for one is, it may be different from the other. Some people, because they have short fingers, it's going to be a challenge. Some people find it too painful. It's physically uh, demanding. Some, some people, uh, well, they, they are just musically declined. <laughs> so some, some people need a, a, a miracle. But in short, everyone has different challenges, right? The challenges are not the same. That's why focus, attention. That's why individual attention is needed if you really want someone to become something. So the saying, teach until vomit blood, nah. <laughs> although it's graphic, it's, it's actually quite accurate. <laughs> it's quite accurate. Now Jesus, our master disciple maker, took three years to intentionally journey with his disciples. Now I, I empathize with Jesus. No wonder at the end of it, he sweat drops of blood. But that time was needful because in that time, they saw, they saw what he did and they saw how he did them. They learned up close what was important to him and what captured his time, his energy, his focus. They were mentored by him up close. He was their teacher, moral standard and inspiration for disciple-making. Every moment with Jesus was a disciple-making moment. And so the church today, in following Jesus, in continuing his ministry, seeks also to inspire and to equip disciples life on life so that they eventually become disciple makers or disciples by experiencing and emulating other disciple makers. It is when we move together via all these intentional disciple making relationships that we follow closest Jesus' method of disciple making. And so, tell the neighbor on your, now on your right, let's move together. Let's move together. Let's move closer and let's move together. And so there's another move. So as we move closer and as we move together, we must remember to also, number three, move deeper. Say deeper. Okay, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit here, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. What is this all? Observe all. You see, the definition of discipleship is this. Discipleship is the process of becoming like Jesus Christ in every area of one's being. What's this all? What's this every area? If it's every area, wouldn't that be overwhelming? So what we have done is we have simplified 
this every area to just five key growth indicators. Five key growth areas. Now, these are like the vital signs that uh, the doctor takes and measures and monitors whenever you go for a health check. The doctor will uh, check your blood pressure, uh, your pulse rate, your body temperature, your oxygen levels, um, and, and, and whatnot, right? So, similarly, our five indicators are a snapshot of your current spiritual health. By measuring, by monitoring over time, we can determine how well you and I are developing. And also bring to attention if there are special areas of concern uh, that we need to bring attention to. Okay, so the five key growth areas are sum up with this acronym KWRSS. Okay, KWRSS. And so starting with K, the top sector at 12 o'clock is K for the word no. Right, so these are five key growth indicators, right? The first area of indication is no. This is the area of your core beliefs. What do you really believe? The question we ask is, how are you growing? How am I growing in God's Word? Am I allowing God's Word to shape and transform my thinking and my value system? How often do I engage with God's Word? Is it once a week? Is it as and when? Is it daily? Is it or only, only whenever there's a crisis? See, the next step we all can do this year, if you haven't done so already, is maybe to read the whole Bible in its entirety. If you have not done so, that's a simple first step, next step. Another next step that you can do is to be committed to a daily Bible reading plan. Our daily bread or maybe some of those online um, plans that you have that you can, you can do with other fellow believers. See, the more you engage with God's Word, the more you will grow. Because... The book has found out that the greatest catalyst for each of us to move from one segment to the other, from one stage to the other, is the Word of God. It's listening, hearing, engaging, because it is only His truth that will set us free. It is only His truth that will allow us to freely live the way God intends. Therefore, it is, it is vital for us to constantly engage with the Word so that everything that proceeds from us actually has the Word as our source. Right? So first, K, no. Now, going clockwise. Now, as we go clockwise, it's not sequential. It can happen anytime. But as I'm uh, delivering it, I'm just telling you, and so it's easier. So going, going down clockwise, we get to the second letter, which is W. W stands for walk. Walk, right? So our core beliefs, what we know, should translate into our walk, our behavior. Now, this can only happen when we have a conscientious cultivation of spiritual habits. What are these? Prayer, you know, fasting, solitude, spending time in God's presence and reflecting on God's Word. Lasting change can only come from inside out, right? where our outward behaviour exhibits the change that begins in our inner self, in our walk. So what is one area this year that you can put off self and put on Christ? You know, you can ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, maybe it's an area, uh, maybe it's the usage of words, maybe it's your perspective of life, maybe it's your work ethics, maybe it's your social circle, maybe it's your online habits, or maybe it's a stifling mindset that, that, you know, that needs renewing in order for you to grow more and to conform to Christ. Our walk is important because that helps us to align to the holy nature of the God we say we worship. So, no, K, walk, W. These two, you can probably do on your own. But the next three indicators you must do with others. R is the word 
relate. This is in the area of our relationships. The question is, how is my love for people? Some people love the Lord a lot, but, you know, people less. But the new commandment that Jesus gives us is to love one another without exception. Relationships can be demanding and can be energy depleting. But our love for people is the proof that we are indeed His disciples. Pastor, how do you hug a porcupine? A porcupine is like a porcupine also. So, carefully of course. With great grace, with great generosity, with great kindness. But they still need to be hugged. So the question is, as we take the next step, is there a family member that tests your patience, who is of high maintenance, that you're trying to avoid this Chinese New Year? (laughs) You know, as a believer in the Lord, you need to ask the Lord to help you see people as He sees them, to take one small step toward them and to show them the love regardless of whether you think that person deserves it or not. As disciples of Christ, we've got our work already cut out for us to build loving relationships with those we know and to extend this love to those that God will give us the privilege to know. So K is for know, W is for walk, R is for relate. The first S is to serve. It's for serve. All right? This is an immediate area where we can show our love is in our willingness to contribute to the body of Christ. Now God has given each of us different gifts so that each can have a part to play in moving the church, his church, forward. That requires that we faithfully steward those gifts by discovering, by developing, and by willingly, willingly releasing them in ministry. So one way of doing this is through a process of elimination. And it was through a process of elimination I discovered what I was not called for, what I was not cut out for, what I was not gifted for. There was one missions trip that Pastor Kelvin and I were assigned to do puppetry for the children. We had no prior training and possibly no talent. So when we started the puppets, right, the children were scared to death, you know. And they cried from the beginning to the end, out of control, you know, way out of control. It was terrible, it was horrible. But I discovered I was not gifted for it. Now, so, let me encourage you. If, if you have not started serving at all, begin with the easy tasks. Nah. Something that you think you can do. Because much of serving is availing ourselves to meet a need. Right? Our faithfulness in small areas, small beginnings, will lead to being entrusted with greater responsibilities. So the point is we cannot grow without serving. Because serving is discipleship. Serving is disciple-making. Your service to the body of Christ is not to fill a number or to fill a space or to fill a name. It is for you to enable, to be enabled to realize the potentials that God had already invested in you. Joy and fulfillment will result when you match the ministry to the need. Crying children will result from a mismatch. So don't do that. Okay? Serve. The second S is the word share. Now the difference between serve and share is share by sharing we are compelled by the love of God now to reach out to those outside the kingdom of God. You see, God, uh, the Grace Assembly's mission, what is it? Pastor alluded to it in his video. Our mission is to raise <coughs> spirit-filled Christians right, who love God, love people and make disciples of Jesus Christ where? Within and 
beyond the church walls. You see, when we make disciples within the church walls, and we thank God we've been doing that for 70 years, we have only just begun to fulfill the Great Commission. And partially fulfilling is not fulfilling the commission. See, a Great Commission can be a great omission when we fail to share God's love with those beyond our church walls. What can we start doing this year to do that? Maybe buddy with someone, with a fellow Gratian, commit to sharing God's love this year with someone beyond the church walls. It could be in your community, it could be at your workplace. Pray together with fellow believers for opportunities to want to be the light, to be the salt, wherever you are. Yeah? School, workplace, in the community. Schedule in your calendar uh, to be an intentional blessing this year in the community outreaches or even our local missions. Or save up for a missions trip to participate in overseas disciple making. I say, Pastor, I'm, I'm one of those submarine Christians. You know. I only surface in the weekend. Weekdays, I'm very quiet. You know. What should I do? So my advice to you is not to move deeper. <laughs> You'll hit the sea bait if you do. For you, it's opposite. You need to move up. You need to show face more. Right? But for the, for the rest of us, we need to move deeper in our faith, whether we are exploring Christ, whether we are already, already Christ-centered, because we never finish growing in depth. There is still so much to grow deeper in the areas of know, walk, relate, serve, and share. And so by keeping tap on these five areas, we can ensure that we have balanced and healthy growth. Because as a doctor will tell you, it's no use to have strong lungs but a weak heart. You, know? you will also you know, die quickly. Or a small head but a big waist. Or big head but small waist. <laughs> Don't imagine too much. But you need balanced growth. So move deeper. It's not just grow in areas. Because some of us are very good in one area, right? You are very good with knowledge, but not so much in sharing. So we need to move deeper in all the five growth areas. Let's move deeper. Tell somebody, let's move deeper. God desires us today to take the next step in disciple making. The, just the next step. See, the Great Commission is, is what we as believers ought to fulfill while we are on this earth. It's not just becoming the person, like the person of Jesus Christ, which is the disciple, but to continue the mission of Jesus in disciple-making. You don't know the, know the progression from disciples to disciple-makers in this great commission. In verse 20, 16 of chapter 28, it says, now the 11 disciples. So they came as disciples, right, to Jesus. And then by verse 19, Jesus told them, now you are disciples, now I want you to what? To make disciples. So in four verses, Jesus moved them from being a disciple to becoming a disciple maker. Amen? What's the most glaring difference between a disciple and a disciple maker? Okay. A disciple is one who is content with consuming, with being spiritually well-fed and materially flourishing. But a disciple maker is concerned about the hungry being fed, the broken being restored, the spiritually lost being found, the despondent finding hope, and the distraught having peace. His focus is on, is on those who have yet to enter God's kingdom. And he wants to help them to move from what? A pre-believer to be a disciple and finally to become a disciple maker. And so this multiplying process happens. So we are called to partner with Jesus in disciple making to expand his kingdom until he comes back again as the Lord of all nations. Pastor, you said, wow, today there's too much info. I understand. That's why we have this. On your way out, you will 
do a quick revision and try to reconnect the dots. Okay? So that's why we have this. The most important takeaway today is not to regurgitate all the information because it's not an exam. The most important thing today is to start the process of becoming a disciple maker. And what do we need to do? Let's do this. Let's start to... Next slide. Let's start to move closer, move deeper, and move together. Amen? You see, disciple-making, after you hear all these things, right? Disciple-making is a lifestyle. It is not about a program. It is not about a strategy. It's, it's more than all this. It's who we become. It's about us becoming. You can do all these things and not become. But once you are a disciple-maker, all these things you will do naturally as second nature. It is saying yes to Jesus to be not just his disciple, but to be his disciple-maker. This will not be easy. Probably it will be messy. But this is what we are called to do. This is what we need to do it. If you haven't started on this great adventure of becoming a disciple-maker, will you take the first step today? So you can scan the QR code. We showed this last week. And today you can now visit the booths where you can partake in all the activities there to find out more about how you can take the next step to be a disciple-maker. But if you have been making disciples already, don't stop. Continue by taking the next step in raising other disciple-makers for the Lord. Amen? So let's stand. Let's stand in the God's presence with, uh, and just meditate on this with every head bowed, with every eye closed. And let's come before the Lord. The question God places before us is, will, I be, will you be a disciple-maker? This year, will you take the next step to become what God intends for us? Hallelujah. All eyes closed, heads bowed. I believe the Lord has spoken to you today. I believe the Lord has confirmed things that He might have spoken to you before, but He's speaking and you have heard the Lord's voice. You know, our Christian life is a life of continual growth and continual world movement. From believing to, be, to being a disciple and to become finally a disciple maker. So as we embark on the disciple maker track, you sense the Lord prompting you to take just the next step, the next step. And you could be one as you stand there now in the presence of God, coming before Him, you say, Pastor, I want to move closer. I want to move closer to become more like Jesus Christ. And you long for spiritual nourishment so that you can be ready to assume full responsibility as a disciple of Christ in discipling others. If your prayer today is, I want to move closer, count me in. I want you to lift your right hand up to the Lord right now. Thank you. I see those hands. I see your hand. Yes. I see hands above. Yes. I see your hands at the back. Yes. I see your hands on my right as well. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. You want to move closer in your relationship with God today. Second group, you've heard the message, you understand that you have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now that you're admitted into the body of Christ, you are fully submitted to His Lordship. And you know, as a member, you are also obligated and committed to journey with others to fulfill the Great Commission. And if you want to take the next step today to move together with others in intentional disciple-making relationships, I want you also to lift up your hand to show your commitment to this. 
lift up your right hand to the Lord. You say, I want to move together. Yes, thank you for those hands. I see those hands. Yes, on my left, on my right. Yes, I see the hand at the back, up in the gallery. Thank you for those hands. It's the third group I want to talk to, and it's about moving deeper. The Lord is convicting you. You say, God, I, you know, a pastor, I haven't been really growing holistically. At the best, I've been growing haphazardly without direction. But this year, I want to grow in a specific area of no walk, relate, serve, or share. I want to commit to that. I want to grow, Lord, deeper in you. And you want the Holy Spirit to help you move deeper. If that's you, also quickly put up your right hand to the Lord. Yes, thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. So church, as we commit ourselves to move closer, deeper, and together, we don't want the Great Commission to be your great omission. So if, if you have lifted a hand, or even if you haven't, I'm going to invite all of you to come down to the altars because we all need to move. And the fact is, if you want to move closer, move together, move deeper, we actually have to make a move. We have to come out of our comfort zone and take the next step. And so come up. Leaders, pastors will be here praying for you to do that move. As Pastor Vic leads us in song. Oh Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you. He has called every one of us to become a disciple. Making Jesus as the center of our life. Center of my life. Jesus, invite you to come forward. We to the by the power of the Jesus Holy Spirit. For those who are online with us, nothing what you is do is you stand and on your feet and surrender. Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. Jesus, you. At the center of it all